Check. All right, check. test us one, one three. Just singular, one. When was the moment mm. that you actually learned how to count? And obviously I'm giving a chance to the Arab to say like, ah, you mean uh, to count the way we taught you? Ha, 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 ha. Uh, I mean, I mean, ah, I mean. There you go, there you go. Uh, you know, but it was actually interesting. Uh, something I don't, I, In Slavic languages, I think, like for example, Bank, uh, Balkans, you guys count like 30 and 2 or... Yeah, right. Yeah. Like thirty yeah. and five. You say the yeah. In Arabic, it's the other way around. You say you say five and thirty. Um, that's for cool. example. And then it's always like a simple addition that you have to do. Right? Close to French. Um, <laughs> but if it's over the yeah, yeah, it's not this. No, French is stupid, and it's yeah, a waste French of time, is ridiculous. Always, but, <laughs> I learned French, yeah. or I tried to learn French in college. Yeah. I was like, man, yeah. how do you say eighty? Twenty-six <laughs> minus two times three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, stupid. Ridiculous. But in Arabic, also, once you start going to like, if you go into hundred, it's a hundred and five and thirty, for example. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know why, but hey, it makes still sense. some it's, extra it, steps. Yeah, I don't know. Don't ask me. But it, it makes intuitive sense in Arabic. Like, right? Remember what they taught us also to write in cursive? Like that's beautiful, and I know how to write in cursive. I don't even know if they do it with the kids nowadays. No, they don't. sound old. But like, when did you write in cursive last? I don't think, like unless I it's signing <laughs> my name. I don't think I've done that in years. Yeah, I stopped a long uh, time ago. In what's it called? I, uh, as part of my what's it called, uh, language acquisition, um, foreign language acquisition, I had to do um, c- cursive writing, and they had these notebooks where you had to practice like on lines, and the teachers beat my fucking hands silly <laughs> they fucking beat them bloody because my handwriting is dog shit it is still to this day yeah 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 exactly right uh, guys up until up until high school uh i would regularly have teachers would go and look into my notes as i was writing they would look at the pages and then they would tear them out of my notebook and oh. tell me to rewrite everything from the beginning because apparently my handwriting was that bad <laughs> and by the way it never fucking improved all that fucking practice nothing <laughs> <laughs> Fuck do, you, Fuck do you hold the mm. writing implement strangely or do you hold it like a normal person no 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 i i hold it like a normal person huh. i know by the way it's not strangely that's a weird like you know because in certain some parts of the world yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, like yeah. certain african countries they have just a different like pattern for holding the pattern. yeah um but I mean, but like no, no, normal here, for your yeah. for your area, like how it's taught. Yeah, 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 exactly. And normal for our area is the same way that most. Uh, I mean, uh, Europeans, I know how they write. For example, Americans, I think you guys also hold it between like your index, your index and middle finger with your thumb over the pen, right? Yeah. Well, personally, I hold it. Yeah. I grip it at the end as if I'm like <laughs> dang, dangling it from my hand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you just you, you know, just fist it. You just grab the paper. <laughs> like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say I was gonna ask you Gopnik when you write in 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 uh, your Slavic ra- languages in cursive is it like Russian cursive which is basically fucking impossible to read? Yeah, pretty much, pretty <laughs> much. It's got like a oh completely different take even on like a Latin um, alphabet mm. when you write in cursive than the one you would see, huh. for example, in the English or French language. But also in Cyrillic, it's it's uh, it's pretty wild. It's it looks beautiful, yeah. but um, you know somebody it's needs to know to your uh, your handwriting to actually guess it. Which, huh. like, I, I, like, my dad gave me so much fucking shit for like writing in a really ugly manner, just like, uh, just like you. Mm. Which, uh, mm. you know, <laughs> karma exists, bitch, because you gave me shit <laughs> and you told me that you know I, I'm gonna be nothing if I write like like a barbarian or whatever the fuck. And now, mm. motherfucker, you write on keyboards with like your index fingers, bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> look at me now. I love my dad. I'm kidding, but like, like who who is the, the illiterate one now, motherfucker? Like, seriously, mm. <laughs> dude. You know, at the hospital, 
Um, of course, yeah, but by the way, the stereotype of doctors writing horribly is everywhere yeah. in the world, including where I'm at. Um, so the nurses are never weirded out by the fact that my handwriting is hideous. But I get so irrationally angry when the, when the nurse's handwriting is bad. I'm like, you're not supposed, you're supposed to be neat, motherfucker. I'm supposed to be able to read what you write. Oh, man. And every fucking, every hospital around the world has that same cringe joke where it's like, oh, uh, a long time ago, a wise doctor said, and it's like a scribble. Oh, yeah. It could be like the bad handwriting. <laughs> I fucking hate that, you know, and somebody will always do the, what's it, the crochet, cro- croquette, no, croquette is potatoes, right? Yeah. <laughs> fucking what what are you trying to like, say? Yeah. They crochet, you know, like the thing the old ladies oh, make. Like it's the like the stitching, a disc, like and then the sewing, they, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whatever the fuck. All those synonyms, yeah. yes. <laughs> to me, there's synonyms at least. Yeah, they'll make one of those where, yeah. Anyway, cross stitch. I mean. That's what, have, is it cross stitch? Yeah. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Somebody, <laughs> somebody yeah, yeah, drop it in the comments. I have a doctor I work with, by the way, who makes uh, like socks and like hats, and, you know, and they they wear stuff that they stitch all the time, That's and nice. they stitch it at work. It's super cute. That's I think. great. I love uh, it. And they also have a they also have a bag that has like a, a meme, a stitching meme on it. I'm like, I love this. I love that you're a part of a community. <laughs> I, I love this for you. <laughs> oh my! It's more wholesome than what the fuck we're, yeah, we're no part of, honestly. <laughs> okay. Guys, I have a story for you. Oh, please. All right. So uh, there's a, a, a patient. In a particular, uh, this person is uh, like commuting. Basically, he went abroad and he went to uh, go visit another country to visit his uh, partner in that in that country. And uh, of course, you know, as as two people are are, are going to do, uh, they want to have relations. But this man developed uh, priapism, which is basically a like a prolonged painful erection. Um, and he had this for basically every time he would try that he would try to initiate, he would develop this, uh-huh. and then they would, he. He can't, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know the, you know the, the, the what's it called, the aubergine emoji, the eggplant emoji. <laughs> yeah. That's basically what happened to his dick. Oh, uh, and uh, he, he had, to, he had to fly and basically have a layover uh, where we're at, <laughs> and basically had to get looked at. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he just, and I just, I just was like, imagine having to go on a, a plane with just a stiffy yeah. <laughs> for like eight hours and have to wait to get back. So you can get proper medical attention. I felt bad for the guy. He goes um, through the metal detector. He's like, "All right, raise your arms." He's like, no, I can't <laughs> raise your arms. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, so that was number one. Number two, I had a man uh, with very large balls as well. So the the ball contending is back again. Yes, but this time it was one sided, uh, unilateral ball swelling. Interesting. Um, yeah, but it was a specimen. It was. Uh, do you know what it looked like? It looked like you had a uh, quail egg next to an ostrich egg. That's what it looked like. Oh my like. god! <laughs> yeah, it was. It was ridiculous. And do you want to know the best part about it? Is this man? Um, he. Uh, what's it called? He fell. Uh, in, in back in his home country, basically, he fell and hit himself in, in the testicle, ah. and that's why it swelled up so much. Uh, but also, in between him falling and getting the testicle bruise, he also got shot what <laughs> somewhere, <fuck>? somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, he came in to get checked in again for other reasons. Uh, he came in to get you not for the gunshot, but for the enlarged testicle, oh. which I like. I like the the, the, the priorities there. But yeah. all right, fair enough. Correct priorities. Um, and uh, finally, uh, there was a, a particular old lady that needed to be shocked. Today. So uh, for, for, for uh, it was for an arrhythmia, not just. No, I didn't go and be like boo and like, fucking, <laughs> fucking flashes the old lady. Scare her. <laughs> she probably liked it. Uh, uh, she, she, yeah, she had an arrhythmia, so we had to do. It's, it's called cardio version. Um, where you is basically that different just from a like trying to resuscitate? Yeah, it is different because the the it's lower. Uh, what's it called? Uh, amount of jowls. So it's it's yeah, it's a lower basically uh, intensity electrical shock, and it's done under controlled conditions and whatnot. Huh. Um, resuscitation is usually because you know the person's about to die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, uh, but anyways, yeah, it was it was very. Um, 
don't know, surreal to do because the lady was awake and then we put her to sleep. Uh, and I, by the way, I, I've, I've done this several times. This is the first time that I'm the guy who's basically responsible for it. Mm. Normally, I'm, I'm the one who just says, like, pres- not prescribes it, uh, not demands it. What's, what's the fucking correct English for this? Requests it, I guess? <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm the one who basically sends in the request and then, uh, you know, the, the like uh, a different uh, department ends up doing it. But this time I was the guy. Uh, so I went and I, I had to shock the old lady. And it, it's very... Um, uh, seeing an, an old uh, person just like writhing like a fish. Um, and then afterwards they wake up and they're like, hey, I feel so much better. <laughs> it's, oh, good. It's very, okay, it's good. very surreal. No, 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 she lived, of course. I wouldn't be telling you the story if it's... Uh, yeah, I was, um, I was waiting for the, the dark twist. Yeah. La, la, no, alhamdulillah, no dark twist. The Good. lady was very happy. Uh, she, you know, a uh, very sweet old lady. Uh, oh. She was telling me about her, her, her cheese, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, what is wrong with my English? I want to say cheese growing. You don't fucking grow cheese. You, <laughs> what is the word? Cheese and the cheese making, I guess? Yeah, cheese making is fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, her, her, her cheese making, basically. That's what, that was her uh, her personal Man, hobby. She was all me kinds about that. of cute hobbies. You got stitching, yeah. you got cheese yeah. making. Yeah, that's what motherfuckers do when they yeah, can't well, drink. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they be productive. <laughs> no, they stitch and they, they grow cheese on trees, man. <laughs> cheese on trees that even fucking rhyme. But speaking of speaking of old motherfucking people, like uh, the other uh, yesterday, I went and I had a few drinks and a very good, like voluptuous, like very far Eastern European meal with a close friend of mine, and he has like this epic gaming rig, and he was like, "Man, I, I like unlocked absolutely everything in the new Call of Duty. You want to play some fucking multiplayer while we chill? Like we didn't have much to do." I'm like, fuck yeah, this like vibes like when I was fucking 15 or 16, why not? And uh, I genuinely felt like an old man because back in my day and COD 4 Modern Warfare or even Modern Warfare yeah. 2, you know, you had like your five attachments, you had your seven, eight perks and you had your 10 maps and you do your fucking thing. Here, every like every gun can be modified with 10 different attachments <laughs> yeah. and then the individual attachment can also be modified and then it also has different bullets that you can use and then depend it is also like <laughs> you know, the, the weight of the gun uh, the, the uh, how much you have the on, the, on the left speed, or the, the aim yeah. down side speed changes how fast you run changes if when you jump you can shoot while you jump like a uh, motherfucking max pain or not changes it's like kids like uh, I thought the point was we run away from school to play video games. This has like mm. more data to keep track of than a typical linear algebra test. Like it's, <laughs> I genuinely felt old. I was like, this is this like when the actual match starts and you get to kill motherfuckers, that felt great. Now go back to my Slavic roots of, of mass murder. But, uh, but, <laughs> but right before it, it felt like a job. It felt like I'm, you know, in the, in the office. I don't know why you people do this to yourself. Mm. But hey, hey, uh, I guess the, the newer and newer generations are more and more advanced, uh, advanced warfare, uh, more advanced than the previous one, so they can actually process all this data. To me, it was insane to just be noob tube all the time in Modern Warfare 2 on the fucking airport map. I think I went through like five oh, choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you guys, like, there's just like 700 different types of overpowered guns you can make. I don't know. Cheerio. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> yeah. This is the first one I've played in... I don't know, probably a, a decade or so. And so, yeah, there was definitely a learning curve. But now I just kind of make cursed guns. Like, I make the oh, no. the shortest barreled sniper rifle you can, remove the scope, remove the stock, and just, just run around with it, iron sights. So it's goofy. You can still do fun stuff. <laughs> All this sounds like fun live stream stuff, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know about any of this shit. I haven't played any fucking uh, Call of Duty, I don't think, at least. Um, aside from the one with the zombies. Uh, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> classic. I love it. <laughs> 
That sounds like such a fucking boomer. <laughs> oh, the guy with the, uh, the one that you jump with, you know. <laughs> oh, he's Italian. He has a mustache. Thank you. Made me feel better about I'm myself. Fucking... <laughs> yeah. Bingles. Yeah. But then again, um, the, uh, playing Call of Duty as a, as a Slav or an Arab is very painful. So you saved yourself mm. because 90% yeah. of the game is you're either killing some Slav or some Arab. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just straight up propaganda. Don't ever play the campaigns. Do people even fucking get the games to play the campaigns? Yeah, surprisingly, people were upset when there wasn't a campaign in the new Battlefield. Uh, well, oh, not, no. It's not All super right. new anymore, but, um, but yeah, the campaign <laughs> in this in this latest Call of Duty, I think I've told you guys before, like the first mm. mission has you piloting a rocket or mm. something that kills mm. uh, basically a one-to-one reinterpretation of, of Suleimani. Uh, it, mm. was, it was very clear. Gay geopolitical destabilization. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> USA. USA. <laughs> I wish, you know, imagine imagine if there was like, I don't know, like a Chinese or a Russian or, I don't know, like a Turkish fucking game. Yeah. Uh, and it's like the first mission is you're, you're uh, the, the, the guy in the plane aiming for the Twin Towers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to create a fully immersive world and sometimes it necessitates mm. playing the bad guy. Like We tell them yeah. what they tell us exactly. or why they have their fucking the airport murder mission in uh, uh, Modern Warfare 2. By the way, before uh, like uh, you crash into the plane and then it's like it goes to black and then fades back in and then it's like a phone that rings and you have like a, a dark hairy hand that basically picks up the phone uh, <laughs> and in in some uh, indiscernible language he's like just some nonsense like this the, 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 the excuse me the fucking subtitles say it's done yeah. and then on the other side you just see the, the, the lower face uh, of uh, a white man, older white man in in a suit, and the implication yeah. being that is George Bush, <laughs> and, that's, and then that's what the title screen comes up. We should fucking fund this. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the D program. Uh, your favorite, your favorite nine eleven truther show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, uh, this this show, of course, is uh, is, is uh, made, of course, in, uh, in part, in part, in whole. I can't fucking speak to save my life today. Uh, thanks to our patrons. Uh, who, of course, we couldn't possibly do this without. So a big thank you to all the people there. Wow. Uh, special big thanks to, to our Habibis, um, who we have monthly chats with and everything. Uh, so go check that out. Check the tears out. Um, there's some lovely little uh, little perks for you uh, in there. And more to come, of course, in the future. Mm. Uh, but with that said, today's topic is one uh, that is very near and dear to all our hearts, but particularly Yugopniks. Um, whatever heart is left after his, <laughs> the corporate world has fucking yeah. eaten his soul out, <laughs> and it is advertising. Um, we're co- we're going to cover advertising as it currently is, how it was uh, historically, how it developed, and of course all the necessary um, developments that capitalism forces down our throats, and of course also this self help nonsense, which is the biggest form of uh, uh, personalized commodification. Um, yes, mm. man made horrors behind beyond our comprehension. <laughs> So, so boys, um, could you please tell me what what does advertising mean to you personally? All right, when you see the Dr Pepper advertisement, <laughs> beauty, how well, does that mean? <laughs> you, you've single handed you've destroyed my argument by saying Dr Pepper advertisement because that one works, but all the others, <laughs> but all the other ones, like for the brand that I like. 
you know, it's actually an honest brand. It is actually a great product. Yeah. But all you other motherfuckers, <laughs> yeah. you are brainwashed, right? You know, well, we started this conversation, you know, to, for me, like whiskey tastes absolutely incredible. But like that stupid guy that drinks vodka, that is fucking disgusting. And then Hakim comes and he's like, it all smells like fucking paint thinner to me, right? That is the, the kind of beauty of advertising is because it can convince you individually that this particular thing has like great uh, qualities while at the same time the guy next to you will believe some other thing has great qualities while both of you will completely disagree on the qualities of those two things because you have a completely yeah. different perception of it which um, is why all our beautiful patrons supporting us on a, on a monthly basis <laughs> see great purpose in this and when your mom says yo bro why the fuck are you giving $20 to this fucking shit tell her mother we are ideologically different in our perception of the deprogram podcast <laughs> she will not know how to answer oh, and probably think Think you're smart, right. so she will shut the fuck mm. up. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Facts and logic. <laughs> All right. So, in essence, uh, with the memes aside, advertising in uh, when you distill it down, it's a form of propaganda. It's a way in which a message is uh, portrayed to you, delivered in as simple and as clear of a way sometimes, or in very nefarious or even uh, like subcontext or not subcontext subtext forms in uh, other instances. Uh, Early on in history, by the way, advertising is not something that began 100 years ago. Uh, advertising in general has existed as long as humanity has. Um, it's just the sheer scale and, and uh, complexity has increased. I'll use a, a bunch of examples. Um, in uh, ancient Samaria, in, in my in my uh, neck of the woods, uh, <laughs> there was uh, there are plenty of um, to this day they're still being found clay tablets which have nonsense uh, accounting uh, stuff like how much grain was given to this dude and how yeah. many copper how much copper was delivered that. to that guy. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you gave me substandard copper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. If you're aware of the meme, um, but yeah, uh, one of the oldest recipes for beer, for example, is on a, a, Sun a Sumerian cuneiform tablet. And the very title is a form of advertising, uh, which is the world's greatest beer. <laughs> Apparently, they, they knew all the way back then. We yeah. perfected the recipe. And people are 5, reading the tablet like, what's beer? <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, or people could even fucking read. Jeez. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. But that is a simple example. Let's fast forward. In um, During uh, Roman times in uh, gladiator, gladiator tournaments, um, gladiators would actually advertise for local businesses before and after they would um, fight in the ring. Um, so there was, you know, things as benign as, hey, you want good olives? Go to Demetrius's olive stand. Or it could be, hey, you like brothels? <laughs> but you don't want to cheat on your wife? We have the finest twinks in the land. And I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. There were things that were very strange, yeah. but they did exist. Um, it's super wild how, like, in the period after that, as illiteracy increased, uh, ironically, actually, in, uh, in post-Roman mm. Empire uh, Europe, uh, the towns and cities of the basically Western, Middle Western. Ages began to... To, uh, obviously grow and uh, because again the general population wasn't unable to read uh, they started moving from actually writing on advertising so they started having those signs that you probably seen in like uh, a lot of video games that uh, mm. you know just symbolically show that this is the cobbler this is the miller I don't know this is the tailor yeah. this is the blacksmith with that particular image that is uh, you know related to it I don't know a horseshoe a candle a bag of flour uh, 
fruits and vegetables were like sold in the city square from the backs of uh, carts and wagons, as we've all seen, and the interpretation of mm. read in books and, and so on. Uh, but their like uh, proprietors used uh, street callers to announce their whereabouts, which is basically you pay a couple of kids uh, a chunk of your pro- of your profits for the day, or they, that's their job, and they literally run around shouting, you know, hey, this guy has like much better grapes than uh, uh, than the other guy. Mm. You know, the, 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 the practice of better informing buyers of, you know, what our product or service can do for them is basically as uh, old as, uh, you know, time and as old as uh, labor, as Hakim beautifully put. But like once production was elevated to a level where you had a multitude of choices between the same type of product when we started like building bigger and bigger cities and when like geographic distance like no longer defined what product you would buy from where uh, a little known thing called trends and fashions or whatever the fuck you want to call them was uh, basically born and with trends it kind of no longer mattered only what you bought but but also like where you bought it from and whether mm. said seller pitched the idea of the product to the audience as belonging to said trend and you know as trends changed and evolved here we're still talking about like like 18th century like 17th century and even before that you know businesses kept up with them uh, in the constant you know rebranding and repackaging or which that it wasn't called that way back then but this is how we see it now of those products is to obviously better sell it uh, and increase their chances of selling it against the competitor who uh, often had a very similar product sometimes the exact same product so that era while you know having developed advertising as its own separate field in what we today call business still at the end of the day was you know just another branch of i guess salesmanship of you know outwitting your competition you know uh, by telling them why your product is is the best or why it's most in line in uh, what the kids today say you know is uh, popping off right now and there's a as we're going through these eras, obviously we started with, you know, just informing people about what you're selling and how it's the best or how it's good, then trying to adapt it to a sort of uh, culture that is growing in the larger cities, the different subcultures and so on. And we move into, I guess, the modern era of uh, advertising that um, with JT and Hakim, we've talked about plenty, I think, here on the on the podcast, but still... Uh, I can do a quick recap. You know, it starts with a little-known man related to uh, good old Freud called Edward Bernays. Uh, He, I don't know, elevated advertising into a completely different philosophy, we can call it that, one which no longer cared about, you know, the attributes of products, the price, and so on. They cared about attracting the idea of owning those products to deeper levels of you know self-actualization stuff like real men drive this type of car real women use this type of detergent uh jesus that's fucking sexist (laughs) men drive cars women clean houses but you get the point back Mm -hmm. then they literally that's how they sold so you know if you're you're wealthy if you wear this you're progressive if you wear that you care about group a then buy this uh, you know, this approach changed uh, basically the game forever and ever, and you no longer have to, you know, beat your competition in actual production 
If you convince your client base that your product is superior culturally, that it's uh, deeper, that uh, buying it is either meaningful or will mm, find you meaning. This, as you can see, advertising steps out of just salesmanship, as we've mentioned earlier. It's its own animal now. Being able to, you know, pitch and sell a, a, a product as a door-to-door -door salesman or the guy on the, on the phone today or the guy with a sleekly established website, et cetera, et cetera, is also very important. But that necessitates, you know, for you to actually be better than the competition. If you properly utilize advertising now, you can pitch it to people for very different uh, aspects of their personality other than, you know, that their use uh, the use value of said products and uh, contemporary advertising continues i guess this trend but now what we see very recently you know uh, the falling late rate of profit being you know an ever pre present influence they are now taking it uh, you know a step further and uh, nowadays today's like real advertising masters will uh, pitch you basically the same ideas as edward bernays but uh, they will do so without uh, you even knowing it's an ad. And for example, TikTok is currently where they're seeing like insane out of this world uh, returns on investment uh, because, you know, kids don't want to see uh, the ads, uh, which is obviously not an option. So let's show them shit that's essentially an ad, but one that they will consider organic content. Uh, that you know, at one point, ninety-nine percent of everything that we we see might be an ad without us even knowing what mm. that it is. But yeah, yeah, that's kind of the gradation from how I see it, from having studied this shit or whatever of how advertising developed. Obviously, with massive oversimplifications, but at the end of the day, the 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 the, the core philosophy behind it changed and it saw mass profitability because the core philosophy uh, behind it changed. But uh, the philosophy of approach, you know, but when it comes to the philosophy of what it needs to result in, be it uh, government advertising, which for some reason we call propaganda, this other thing we call advertising, uh, when it comes to, you know, like private market oriented advertising, it is always to sell more. It uh, has no deeper undertones uh, than that. When you see almost any brand or something that you deeply associate with or whatever, be 99% certain that this is completely manufactured because it wants people like you of your demographic, psychographic, social standing and so on, to like this particular thing. There is nothing organic about it. There is nothing quote-unquote natural about it. It is carefully designed by, you know, sellouts like myself for, for you mm. in order for you when you see it on the shelf or when you see an ad to feel like, man, they see me. They really see mm. me. We're, we don't see you. We just want your fucking money. And that is very important <laughs> to understand. You can appreciate, you know, your enemy's tools, which, for example, for the capitalist is advertising. And I think they, they brilliantly developed it. A, 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 they uh, uh, took like uh, aspects of psychoanalysis, which was supposed to help us live better lives, and they commodified it to such an extent that they are now using it to sell us chewing gum. It, it, while disgusting, obviously, it is so immensely uh, in an evil, like mastermind way, uh, impressive. 
Oh, very, very nicely said. Uh, it kind of, um, in a very uh, succinct way, you go and presented the various stages of development um, of advertising, but just general uh, points to touch on. Of course, as you already made very clear, um, the relations that means of production and material uh, basis of society informs the form of advertising that has made. That's why 2,000 years ago was fundamentally different in advertising than it is now. That's number one. Number two, also, uh, the most most beautiful point that Yugopnik made that I just would like to reinforce is the fact that now as advertising has developed to a point where they try to make it semi-organic or try to entirely make it organic, they also try to li- um, link lifestyleism or your mm. the lifestyle that, they, that you want to lead, quote-unquote, into the advertisement itself. That's why sometimes they do this in very um, uh, transparent ways, for example, like, uh, you know, uh, the the Pride Month, June 30th or 31st or whatever, um, mm-hmm. and then the second it, t- it ticks over to July 1st, everything, all the yeah. rainbow flags are taken away. Mm-hmm. That's very transparent, of course. But then you have other ways, for example, um, like in the 30s, to the 40s period, um, cigarettes, for example, weren't very popular with women, and they want to increase that demographic's consumption of cigarettes. So then they uh, instead, um, basically, uh, cigarette companies at the time uh, drove a massive campaign to try to link cigarettes with quote-unquote female liberation or the pre- the presence of women in the workplace. Um, you know, like a, a pants-wearing woman smoking a cigarette, and it's called the torture freedom. Like this fucking nonsense. Despite the fact that when you think about it, what does smoking in- intrinsically have to do? With female liberation, does a woman who doesn't who doesn't smoke is she suddenly less liberated because she doesn't smoke? And the fact that in and of itself, rather than you living your own lifestyle, you having to be in direct relation and connection with whatever is being advertised makes you part of that. For for example, community or embody that ideology or that idea, uh, that ideal, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and this kind of leads into the the point of. A, Plenty of psychological manipulation, um, artificial demand, uh, among other concepts. I would like I would like to build build up on this. So, boys, what what would you have to say about uh, whatever perceived inadequacy uh, that you you could possibly have that can only be corrected through your consuming? Okay. Well, isn't that kind of the the beauty of it that all perceived inadequacy is uh, externally acquired, like. Yeah, exactly. You you learn that you're missing something. We're all born as you know beautiful little uh, monkeys, little gorgeous creatures, just like uh, JT's lovely Evie. But then, as we no grow shucks. older and as we interact with whatever the uh, status quo system is for us right now, in most places, the neoliberal capitalism, the, bull- yeah. <laughs> the, the, the bulletproof backpack is advertised to her. She goes to, oh, she goes to her exactly. dad, JT. Like, <laughs> but it, but it has wings. Characters. Oh, it's got a lot of flowers on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like I'm always like super, super scary of using Evie as a as a, as an example of anything no, except like in beautiful scenarios. Even though you know some, we we put her in the post-apocalypse, now we're putting her in a school yeah, shooting. Yeah, all the time. Like it's uh, it's fine. She listen back to this and be like, my uncles are funny little pieces of shit. But uh, yeah. but she she she's Chairman Evie. She'll lead the revolution. Absolutely. Uh, the what's it called? The, the bulletproof backpacks are for her enemies. Exactly. <laughs> she can have a little more fun. Yeah, she hunts them the down. Yeah. Exactly right. I'll, I'll, I'll give her a nice like imported Makaro for her uh, 18th yeah. birthday. Inshallah. Absolutely. Inshallah. Anyway, sorry. But go no. On. That, but uh, jokes aside, like there is a point to be made about you know the inherent need to own, to have, to gather, to forge, to mm-hmm. satisfy that 
point, uh, you know, on the Maslow pyramid, which is necessary for you to satisfy before, you know, growth towards uh, true self-fulfillment can be can be achieved. Exactly. And the Funko Pop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the personal actualization through, through the, the Funko, Funko Pop. Pop. <laughs> the Funko Pop kind of is, is, is a metaphor for, for higher <laughs> hierarchy, the way it spins up, you know. But, uh, but oh there's God. nothing wrong, you know, in wanting to be surrounded by, like, beautiful things like Funko Pops, by, mm. by art, by pleasing architecture That's by why I'm surrounded high by ceilings by, by 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 beautiful <laughs> views you know wanting more out of life is good because still wanting means that you're alive i was very proud of that uh, but one, one, <laughs> one of the one of the, uh, one of the many reasons are true real material wants are never really even partly clenched uh, cl- uh clenched yeah or satisfied is because those very beautiful things are hoarded by the super wealthy while we in return are given and this is a point i really want to like hammer home we're giving fictionalized fake made up ideals of what is and what is not a symbol of uh, well-being or of wealth and so on through the very real power of advertising we're injected with like a new value system what we started talking about previously so that we forget our true inherent human value system. Stuff like, you know, you'll never be able to live in anything larger than a fucking shoebox apartment. So you search for the same category of fulfillment elsewhere. And there's more than plenty of brands that will come and pitch you, you know, cubicle living as trendy, good for you and the environment and how it's actually great. Your apartment is like 40 square meters. Uh, Oh, and also here are like 55 retractable sofas we can sell you to fit in this small apartment that we want you to live in so that you can actually use our product you know random example but you fucking get it you know no parks for you to go to uh, you know for a walk nearby because you know the, the way we set up the city is super insane no need look at this nice big spacious mall we built for you you know uh, for you to have more than enough places to walk around while being bombarded by uh, by fucking advertising. I don't know. Your borderline broke? Well, no worries. Here's a loan for the newest iPhone, even though you have the previous version, or a sick-ass pair of kicks with, uh, you know, with that shit, everyone will think that you're balling. The ultra-wealthy get to experience our world in, it, in its true elevated genuine beauty while for the rest of us you know we are given made up allegories of those beauty of that beauty and because we we've internalized it to such an extent we know nothing else now quite literally Mm. yeah Mm. literally if i say literally one more time please shoot me (laughs) (laughs) you got it well i think uh, this is the thing is that the the ultra wealthy and those you know pulling the strings on all this stuff they see us as uh, you know, if you're playing like The Sims or some like mall building game, I don't play those games. I don't. Kelsey likes them, but you know, you're like mm-hmm. the little figures who are walking around with like either the green smiley face over your head or the red angry face. Like Elon Musk the other day was saying how he genuinely thinks most people are NPCs, and I can understand why they would Says hold the biggest that NPC. Exactly. Uh, I can understand why they'd hold that belief if they're able to manufacture this construct, this like mm. this little microcosm of the real world that is just entirely fabricated and you're able to feed people whatever you want them to consume and they will consume it because that's all they've been exposed to on TV mm. and in their books and all that stuff. And it's 
it's frustrating to see that, and it's frustrating to see how many people will consume this stuff um, passively and willingly. Um, but it's also the type of thing, even people who are aware of it, like we're very aware of this type of mm-hmm. thing. But every once in a while, I'll see a commercial and be like, oh, damn, that does look kind of cool. Okay. That looks nice. Um, but White BMW now, I'm... bitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I want one. Fuck you. Sorry. Yeah. Black one, though. Yeah. <laughs> they, the car commercials are good. They figured them out. Uh, the truck commercials in the U.S. have really figured it out. It's amazing what they've <laughs> what they've managed to do. They make every truck driving guy look so cool. He's, he's you know, mm. he's fit. He's, he's wearing a nice, like, puffy vest thing over his uh, his trail walking uh, gear. He splashes through the oh. mud puddle. His dog jumps mm-hmm. out of the truck and like goes and runs ahead of him. Yeah, it's like it's perfect. Everything is, is immaculate. But I'm curious. In the United States, our commercials have all kind of migrated to showing a vision of the home that is mm-hmm. a, a certain way. And I'm curious if it's if it's the same in where you guys live, or if the the desire is to push people to want something different. So here, for example, every commercial where they show a family using a product in the home. The home is a standalone house. It is immaculately clean. It is, mm. It's got white walls, you know, white backsplash, white countertops. The, mm. the happy 20-something yoga teacher is able to afford all this somehow, but that's besides the point. Um, that is the vision that we are presented with in, in our commercials. What, what does the home look like in your commercials? Mm, selling a lifestyle, the same thing. It's exactly yeah. right. Mm-hmm. You look at it and it's like, what are you? This is actually, I, I, I've noticed I'm such a boomer. Uh, sometimes I'll watch a, uh, uh, an advertisement and I have very little fucking patience for this garbage. So five seconds in, I'm looking at it like, what are you selling? It should be immediately yeah. clear. Yeah. What the fuck you're trying to sell me? Why are you showing me some happy guy going to work and, what, and then it ends up being <laughs> fucking like deodorant commercial? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or something completely unrelated, like uh, like he recently got a loan, but it's showing him fucking at his uh, artisanal guitar making shop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Just Pharmaceutical commercials are, are especially <laughs> bad about that because you're like, okay, there are two people in bathtubs overlooking mm. the cliffs of Dover. Okay, what are, what are they selling? And then eventually mm-hmm. they get to the farm because they can't show anything else because there's nothing, you know, it's it's a pill. You take the pill and that's yeah. that. It, it affects whatever. So they have to show something appealing um, mm-hmm. to sell a, a feeling about, oh, this is how you'll feel when you take this medication, yeah. you know, and it's – but. Exactly. But I'm, what I'm curious really is about like is the homes themselves in your commercials. Mm. Are they also this like pristine white void or, or <laughs> yeah. is no, the they're, decoration they're different? L- they're more ethnic in my parts, but yeah, mm. kinda, they're still very nice and big and whatnot, but the general standards here are, are kind of like that as well mm-hmm. um, or in just the, the West Asian, North African areas in yeah. general. Um, we don't have the same issues that the United States or like some Western European countries do. Uh, but you go, Nick. How about you? Yeah, it de- depends on what demographic they are trying to hit. If they're playing on the patriotism, if they're playing, you know, on the on the culture, then uh, they they spin it as a very local but still wealthy mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're uh, you know pitching to you know IT experts, hipsters, and so on, then it's a very very uh, f- fancy wealthy home. Fucking. But but it's mm-hmm. always a wealthy home. It never looks run down yeah. and never looks fucked up, etc. etc. I even like uh, I worked on an advertising campaign for a massive. 
massive, uh, well, I worked at an agency for a massive telecommunications company and they brought that up. They were like all the ads everywhere are, are exactly like the, the homes presented in them are fucking stupid. Let's like yep. uh, actually commodify the fact that other people are over commodifying this and uh, create an <laughs> ad where we talk about this point and where we, you know, say like uh, literally in the ad, like we made the ad and it started with, we're not about to show you this and it's a, like a super yeah. fancy apartment and you know, it with super cool animations, it turns into like a tiny typical local apartment. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And the pitch in the end was like, you know, the, uh, the phone uh, provider for real people, not uh, yeah. made up or whatever, oh, et cetera, et cetera. No, because you see the, 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 the intrinsic, like it, it growth potential of almost every, oh, yeah. every campaign. You brought this up, absolutely great point, but also an advertising mm. expert will think of it and he will manage to profit off of this discontent with misrepresentation in advertising. Mm. I mean, mm. what is, like, for example, representation in film, absolutely phenomenal, very good, you know, just 99% of white motherfuckers there. But uh, everybody mm. listening, mm. you know, with a bit more melanin in their skin, they're not like the, the Hollywood execs are not putting you in these fucking films or making films and mm. shows like that completely evolve around uh, characters from minorities because they give a fuck about no. representation, my brother and any God. <laughs> they are doing it because uh, the, your demographic is growing in that particular fucking country and there's more of you that mm. can buy fucking tickets and they need to put yep. you in the yeah, fucking film so they can sell more tickets to you. This is another form of advertising, quite literally just an indirect one. Ads we've started mm. to really fucking notice. Th that's why what we mentioned previously for kids like it's going to be ads that are not noticeable to be ads um everything in in, in a way like that it self-improves constantly because any criticism thrown at uh, at advertising for example you're selling fucking cigarettes what the fuck stop doing that uh they will be able to completely uh, completely commodify in the like other aspect of their massive corporation because philip morris doesn't just own cigarettes my friend so yeah. while they're selling you cigarettes through one of their companies in the corporation from the other one they're, they're selling you like uh smoking alternatives uh, nicotine patch and you know ICOS uh, in Europe they, those are super popular I don't know the you know the with intense heating without any burn type of cigarettes or vapes mm -hmm. or whatever the fuck it, it is always it always self-corrects and always always grows because again like everything I think uh, people's fucking ears are gonna bleed because JT Hakim and I repeat it all the time because mm -hmm. everything at the end of the day is systematic what the system pushes any sort of thing towards and as we mentioned you know advertising not necessarily bad you want to tell people that uh, your fucking uh, aluminum is better than the other guy's aluminum. But because the mm. system inspires it to be the way it is, it is always going to go into that direction, which is inherently manipulative and inherently uh, super unhealthy for, uh, for our psyche because it's completely molding our understanding of what even motherfucking uh, reality is, bro. Like, at some point, uh, at some point, we will be more than happy with living in, uh, in a garage if they manage to spin living in a garage as a lifestyle. I mean, they already uh, spin basically homelessness living in your fucking RV is a super legit big G shit to do. Which, you know, it's cool, it's fun, you know, you get to travel. But if you live for years and years in your RV, I I'm not judging, mm -hmm. but that is not good, my friend. That is very fucking uncomfortable. We, we should not accept <laughs> that as... as uh, as the new possible reality because then they will be more than happy with just letting us live in RVs. Sorry for the rant, but you get the point. This is, no, it's perfectly That fine. was the original, yeah. you and know, question. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that leads into the uh, like the the individualization of responsibility within, a, uh, for example, in an advertisement, they'll try to push the everything that is systematic in uh, everything that's wrong in the current system onto you as an individual, right? Car, for example, um, climate change is not a uh, you know global issue that yeah. mostly governments, usually militaries, need to be the ones to kind of be taken care of by reducing emissions, number one. Number two, also uh, like a, a thousand other things that could be done, but like, you know, state-directed um, changes. Instead of this, no, no, it's your carbon footprint, okay? Mm. You, you are using too many plastic bags or not using enough plastic bags, depending, <laughs> right? Um, you need to use the wooden toothbrush. Otherwise, you know, uh, like all this, this nonsense. And this kind of goes into almost every sphere of, of, of life. Uh, and it embodies the capitalist mindset and, and the uh, hegemony over society in a different way. It's kind of the same the, the point that Yugopnik made. When our side makes uh, in this sort of information, it's, it's considered propaganda. But when the capitalist side does it, it's considered just regular advertising. Right. Um, and that's mm-hmm. what it is. It's capitalist propaganda uh, trying to sell you a different kind of lifestyle, trying to offset the issues of the system onto you, trying to extract as much profit out of you even after it's already extracted, extracted your surplus value. Um, and also it plays on all the messed up nonsense uh, through, as before mentioned, the psychological manipulation aspect. This is the last point I want to do uh, before we hop on to the self-help guru nonsense we were, we we're going to have lots of fun with. But when I went to Europe the first time, uh, the, the thing that struck me the most was how much or how sexualized most mm. advertising mm-hmm. was. Um, it's something I wasn't used to. Um, in fact, I remember the very first billboard I saw was basically a, a woman with just her, basically in a bikino, ma- bikini, massive tits, and then next to it, they're selling beer or something, yeah. like completely unrelated. And I remember the, the next thing that uh, uh, stood out to me was European commercials in comparison are somehow tame compared to American ones, like fast food American commercials, where they have a woman <laughs> in a bikini, she's eating a fucking burger. Why is she almost naked? I don't get I don't fucking... Yeah. I mean, you you understand why the, you know, like the, the, the reason for this stuff, right? Um, or they have like a car and they'll have a, a naked woman basically on it yeah. for some fucking reason. Um, well, it's sex sells, obviously, and everyone's mm-hmm. aware of that now. So now a lot of them are like meta mm. sex cells where it's mm-hmm. like oh this is funny because there's a naked woman in a you know whatever car yeah. commercial or, or eating a mm. burger seductively Brilliant. and then exactly. someone says mm. something you know does some yeah. quippy Ironic. one-liner and mm. like oh mm. aha, I get it I get it and then people mm. suddenly like the commercial because it's self-referential yeah, yeah. yeah that's exactly. gonna be the next step yeah. after the after the mm. you know ads shouldn't look like ads we're gonna go right back at what JT I'm gonna steal that term it's like meta mm. uh, what did you say meta ironic or whatever the fuck we're gonna make ads that <laughs> so much like ads that are like super much yeah. like ads that instead of like one chick with big tits there's gonna be like fucking seven and they're gonna be sprayed with fucking rainbow uh, uh, sour cream or whatever the fuck I don't know is that sexy <laughs> I guess it might be sexy and it's gonna be sort of like oh look our brand is actually honest you know we're trying to sell you shit we're not trying to like uh, manipulate you we're actually trying to sell you shit mm. sorry Hakim and now yeah. no no and you're completely right and now they go they twist the other way before they get to the meta meta irony bit which is most likely the next thing coming although yeah. we probably still do see it every once in a while um we're not like the usual commercials you watch but that <laughs> um yeah. mm-hmm. it goes the other way where then they're like you know what all these basically quote-unquote ideal western beauty standard type women um it's are instead substituted for uh quote-unquote alternative bodies yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. other bullshit nonsense advertising term they want to use um where they'll have people of different skill skin colors different heights and they'll have uh women of different weights for example uh and different sorts of blemishes and whatever else trying to do the same thing 
fundamentally yeah. manipulate you psychologically in order to consume by making you feel included, despite the fact that the only reason they're doing this is only is to be able to reach into your wallet, not because they give a shit about you being, for example, uh, a heavier set black woman, for example. Yeah. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> but this is a tired point. Let's get to the actual meat of this this episode. Um, which is self-help guru nonsense, which is basically advertising <laughs> personified. It is all the bullshit we speak about in, in, in uh, what's it called? And not immortalized. Thank God these people fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like uh, uh, congealed is a better word. Congealed yeah. in a single <laughs> thoroughly unlikable human being. Congealed. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, fundamentally, by the way, the political repression, sometimes I think maybe no, possibly not. But then I remember these people exist and I'm like, you know what? We need the holes. We need them to do with the cockpit <laughs> remains. <laughs> authoritarian hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. So, boys, please tell me. Uh, <laughs> I get a feeling that's going to be the teaser. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, boys, tell me. What the fuck is the self-help guru? What are they selling? What are they? Where do they come from? Uh, why are they cringe? There you go. <laughs> Well, to, you know, Bill Burr has like this uh, very funny joke where he's like, you know, I'm against mass genocide, but uh, uh, if we were to like uh, help uh, the planet improve massively uh, by destroying one particular group of people, we could do so very easily, which is basically everybody that goes on a cruise ship, like every cruise yeah. ship would just sink <laughs> it, right? We would help the planet immensely. Well, yeah. I would I would add to this, like uh, everybody that goes to self-help gurus and self-help gurus, we could like recruit them for the cause and they could be, continue to be as cringe as possible. And then everybody who goes <laughs> to these shows, it, we, we put on a nice little long list and then we cleanse oh them God. because they're... L- existence is meaningless anyways i'm actually kidding no most of these people like mm. prey on very vulnerable individuals yeah. that are sh- genuinely struggling and they're trying to find either a, a father figure mother figure uh business uh, uh leader etc etc uh to lead them to finding ex- as you said uh uh, a particular solution and they've developed hundreds upon hundreds of different methods of, of how to do this they've uh, they've entered every single sphere of of culture uh, and business that you can basically think of from uh, religious organizations all the way down to teaching you how to uh, pick up chicks at the bar self gurus that are like have a more diversified portfolio than uh, most fucking countries out there I think and so some of them, you know, target even different demographics and are and are able to uh, to balance those out. But yes, at the end of the day, they are uh, how the market responds to a uh, void uh, which uh, is omnipresent over uh, every single one of us in terms of uh, not really. Uh, knowing what the fuck is happening, uh, the sense of extreme anxiety, the sense of uh, not knowing what is coming, uh, really feeling like uh, we've been screwed. And instead of, you know, looking at real material uh, reality, you know, the fascist pushes you into reactionary thought. The self-help guru tells you, no, you can actually fix this either by yeah. being very positive or following how the, the steps that I followed, which is basically start mm. become a self-help guru and charge people $600 <laughs> per lesson. But mm. it, it is yeah. yet another, yet another uh, however, Mimi, sometimes very dangerous 
source uh, of manipulation for the very real feeling uh, of alienation. Uh, and mm. for the, the, because of the fact that they prey and they know very well that they prey on these, uh, these beautiful little uh, uh, lost uh, sheeps of uh, mm-hmm. you know, our, our world, they deserve nothing but the harshest of judgment. Yeah. In a way to encapsulate, I think, what Yugopnik said, it's uh, these people inherently provide bullshit personal quote-unquote solutions to things that are systemic in society. Mm-hmm. And it's just another manifestation of the rot that is at the center of capitalism. Um, at the end of the day, it, just like they themselves are commodified and they they personify advertising, um, they themselves are advertising the bullshit back to other people. So it's a cyclical development, mm-hmm. um, which in the end results in basically people who uh, are exactly like you opening said down on the like they're poor or some other issue uh, in their life lonely etc and they're being provided the most nonsense fucking platitudes when we know time and time again as well as in the research and everything else that the solutions to most of these problems are systemic you need proper state directed healthcare you need a universal education you need uh, properly developed cultural institutions and a bill and uh, societies built around actually mm-hmm. being sociable human beings not being fucking atomized fucking individuals just to be able to go profits for some nonsense company um and to the end of it uh, yeah I mean, this is not the the the, the core point here um uh, but right. i cut a jt off sorry no you that's exactly right that's what i was gonna roughly what i was gonna talk about it's it's this whole industry is just the logical poison fruit of mm-hmm. the tree of individualism that we've planted in in modern capitalism it's when we have no systemic recourse to solve our problems when we don't have time to to devote to to figuring these things out it's very easy to reach for a something that's proposed as a solution something that's pitched by all your favorite ceos or um or influencers oh you know just i i learned so much from rich dad poor dad go and pick that book up at at your local barnes and noble and and read that in the little bit of Mm -hmm. of free time that you have before you have to go back to work so it's it's easy and it's comforting in a way to say okay i'm improving myself by reading about the successes of other people and maybe some of that will trickle down into my own life and i will be successful too and it's very predatory um, and this extends to to things like um, mass religion in the United States, especially where there's a a large prosperity gospel industry. Like you have these these preachers, they're sick people who prey on those who have have no means to to support themselves, and they're looking for um, for safety and security in their faith, but also. It's being sold to them not only as a, 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 a faith comfort, but also as a financial comfort. Say, if you give 10% of your income here today, you know, and help fund my private jet is the, is the subtext there, you know, the, God will bless you tenfold and you will receive so funny, financial, yeah. Yeah, financial safety throughout the rest of your life. And it's, it's sickening to watch. And you, you mm. can see these people on TV just search, you know, prosperity gospel preacher. Um, but it's the same kind of thing. They are selling a, a false hope that that does not exist and is not reachable by the average person on an individual level it it's it's selling a solution that is not a solution um mm-hmm. in order to actually address these these problems the problems of poverty the problems of alienation we need actual systemic change not individual platitudes 
exactly right and that's kind of the the crux of the matter of this 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 discussion around self uh, help guru type people we're making fun of them sure but the thing that the poison that they're selling is of course yeah it, it uh, anything it touches it also corrupts mm. at the core of the uh, the issue as we said problems are um systematic now what this means is that uh not only does it engender nonsense solutions or not nonsense um in not inept inadequate inadequate solutions to to people's issues but also it develops a sort of uh, like almost a petty bourgeois idea or, or uh, mental space with this idea of marketing yourself oh mm. everything in life you have to market yourself to your spouse to your friends at work you need to become your own brand this fucking nonsense which at the end of the day instead of developing solutions more uh, directed towards things that would help end up basically turn you back towards the the, the self-help guru nonsense i, I want to move on to actual self-help possibly uh, and then we can talk about what socialism has to do with all this but boys in your opinion and you can just go very quickly through this what would actual true self-help be in your mind at least outside of a capitalist system i think a big part of it would have to be not targeted at the individual saying hey here are some steps you can take to to you know improve your financial stability or reduce your carbon footprint or whatever it would have to be more community oriented or yeah. comprehensive uh in which people are doing these things together in a way that is more, you know, democratic. Um, it's less, hey, this is your fault, and it's more cognizant of how things actually change. Um, because each person, you know, if you take uh, climate change, for example, even if every single individual person said, all right, I'm going to stop eating meat, I'm going to mm. bike to work, that is a drop in the bucket compared mm. to whether that's uh, animal agriculture, whether that's the fossil fuel industry, you know, whether mm. that's cruise lines, whether that's the military industrial complex, that's a huge one and that's not going away. So it's mm. we need to be cognizant of the fact that individual solutions are not solutions. So I think mm. it, anything that expands it to the wider society as a whole or even yeah. at the community level would be a step in the right direction. I completely agree. I think we can round off today's uh, discussion with uh, how a potential socialist future, inshallah, will will look upon these sort of things uh for example the first question i would like to ask and maybe this would be interesting to hear from our resident uh, advertising expert mm. think, will there be advertising under socialism what do you think well as long as there are commodities uh as long as there are uh there is a div- excuse me commodity <laughs> commodity production under socialism that was, that uh, what the fuck? <laughs> i knew he was a, i know i knew he was a, he was a suck them <laughs> i'm kidding i'm fucking Lapsus memoriale, yes. As long as there is uh, a difference in uh, product A, product B, and product C in, uh, in socialism, then there will be a necessity to inform the wider public on what they're getting exactly. themselves into when they uh, either purchase or hopefully when they uh, acquire, it would be a better term, mm. a particular uh, item or, or another. But because um, there, uh, the... the we will be. We will cleanse the so-called uh, uh, every so-called industry from unnecessary uh, competition in the likes of you know having seven hundred brands of cereal and three hundred brands of the same mm. basic fucking milk. Uh, that type of advertising, which is trying to sell you one type of cereal versus another type of cereal, which is another brand of the same cereal, to you will uh, will most like not most likely but most uh, most definitely disappear. 
advertising will play an informative role. It will play the role mm. of uh, of basic uh, propaganda that uh, it was like in its original form, uh, arguably even pre uh, pre seventeenth sixteenth century, which was mm. you know. This is what exists. This is where you can find it. This, uh, this is, is why, it it, yeah, yeah, this is what it does, and this is the the quality level at which, um, you know, it's been uh, built. And that's it. Yeah, I would also like to add on to the point that um, a lot of um, the advertising that would take place uh, within a social system, for example, would also be like quote unquote good news advertising or developments within mm, society yeah. advertising, like hey, we built thirteen new schools in this particular region of the country. Uh, over the past couple of months, we've done this, we've done that. Oh, this national irrigation product uh, project has resulted in an increased yield of this much percent, and you know, nice graphic like uh, graphical representation, etc. You see this across society, so that you can have instead of the twenty four seven news cycle of just pessimism upon, upon pessimism mm-hmm. that capitalism uh, advertises to you, you'd end up seeing a different side. Uh, which, by the way, interestingly, um, the uh, Soviet experience of news uh, and one of the big shock factors for post-Soviet people was the fact that news, particularly for, uh, the Western news tradition, is so absolutely pessimistic and negative compared to what was, for example, the Soviet news tradition, which was, for the most part, you matter of fact, ma- matter of factly, if that makes sense, matter mm-hmm. of factly mm-hmm. represent the news abroad, uh, while uh, the positives that's going on are also shown to you so you feel like you know on the whole there is some development in society uh unlike for example i don't know if you've ever turned on fucking fox news or some shit or cnn or anything like this our cities um, are falling we are yeah. all going to die <laughs> the the fucking the oh migrant car caravan oh fucking yeah. gonzalez <laughs> gonzalez fucking my wife not because i can't get it up anymore but <laughs> because of the jews <laughs> oh my god right uh but yeah Absolutely. you will Sorry, see you will see it. like uh you know, uh, massive media campaigns by uh, co- committed to you know a technological breakthrough, so that it informs the billions of citizens of uh, socialist planet Earth on mm. h- how that can improve their particular lives. It will uh, inform them on uh, beautiful. Uh, destinations that they could uh, visit because you know they still have a limited 1890 hopefully in socialism 120 year lifespan so you know they have certain summers that they can spend here or there like it will it, it will still GT's be a, fat ass yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, will, it will it will still be uh, you know advertisers amongst each other even though they're not going to be called advertisers might still even compete but they they do not compete in increasing the the, the profit of some random spoiled greasy uh, exec. They are, they'll be competing on how can I more beautifully represent uh, uh, this new achievement that we as a society have uh, have uh, gotten, or how can I uh, better inform the wider public uh, on matters that, for example, aren't necessarily very interesting or kind of boring, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you gotta you know introduce them with a bit of a twist and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. The basically the cre- creativity of what we today define as advertising or more honestly as propaganda will still be there but the, the, it's it's a twisted part of basically um 
pushing consumerism for the sake of consumerism will not you know mm. so if you're a random advertising guy listening to this you know as like ironically your job will be reformatted but not necessarily would completely disappear you know mm. you might actually start to feel a little thing called purpose and not only sell fucking <laughs> sneakers to motherfuckers mm. but you know inform mm. that that kid like that's living uh, in, a, in a place that is still under development that lost a fucking leg back in the capitalist era from mining fucking cobalt for, for iPhones mm. that holy fucking shit we now have uh, you know uh, bionic legs that if, the, <laughs> if they call this yeah. and this number will well, be delivered to no. their fucking door you know yeah. Just so they know mm. Information, yeah, exactly. actual informing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, no, uh, red fash, tanky, authoritarianism. <laughs> okay, uh, if you're not being advertised, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, the, the, Reese's, the puffs. Fucking... Reese's, <laughs> Reese's puffs. Reese's puffs. puffs. Reese's puffs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I don't even fuck. I, oh my god! But no, I was gonna say, you know, the grease they use to uh, to deep fry the Dino Nuggies, right? Yeah, that, yeah. that if you're not being advertised that, then you, then uh, it's uh, authoritarian red, red fast tanky, okay? Mm, true. Um, and of course, the final question of today's uh, today's episode is: Will self help exist under socialism? Fuck no! All these people will be dead. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you're welcome. This has oh been the deep program. <laughs> no. uh, like a slightly longer answer to this is: um, self help, not really, because there would be community approaches to to helping, right? Yeah, yeah. But there would be, of course actual uh, quote-unquote self-help there would be actual directed help against indiv uh, towards individuals through therapists and psychologists and actual people who are trained in these things yeah. community health centers everything from physical to to yeah. mental to yeah all that stuff just common sense stuff that you, mm -hmm. you it is not profitable under the current yeah. system so it would just take a little bit of investment but it would mm -hmm. massively benefit every single person in the society yeah. Exactly right. JT, I'm surprised yeah. that you can. Uh, JT, I'm surprised that uh, you could imagine such a such a bright, <laughs> uh, bright potential future living in the U.S. Uh, an community optimist. health center. What is community? What is health? And <laughs> I mean centers. Is, center. I mean World that Trade sounds, Center. That I know sounds that authoritarian. Sense. That sounds centralized. <laughs> the center of the world. America. No. <laughs> all right, everybody. Now, please remember to thank your to thank your uh, all the blessings that you've received for living in the post 9/11 world, for knowing that 9/11 happened. <laughs> <laughs> and for realizing that the truth shall set you free and the truth oh. being uh somewhere uh, what's it? I you know what I would love if somebody would do like a children's cartoon where there is a uh, what's it called um anthropomorphized twin towers and a like cartoon version of George Bush and it's like a Wile E. Coyote type of oh my deal God. where he keeps trying to pull <laughs> yeah. them up, but he keeps failing. Oh <laughs> like like a five-episode, three-minute thing, and it would just be like super popular in Peru or something. Yeah. Like one of those. Anyways, aside, aside from this, though, um, please do make this and add us. Uh, aside from this, though, uh, we'd like to thank our, our patrons, of course, who uh, we wouldn't be able to do this uh, without. A big thank to you, uh, thanks to all the lovely people that support us. A big thanks to people also... Uh, also um, uh, making all the uh, interesting stuff, fun stuff on the subreddit, uh, all the memes. That's it for this for this time. Uh, I hope you got your fix. <laughs> this has been the D program. <laughs> I'm at game. I'm JT, and I'm Yugopnik. Insert ad about how Patreon <laughs> paying money to the program is good. <laughs>